0: Well, our second scripture reading, am I on? You can hear me? Okay. Our second scripture reading today comes to us from the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, we're going to look at chapter 20, verses 29 through 34. Uh, I don't know if you remember, Palm Sunday, we kind of skipped this little part um, because it was Palm Sunday and and we uh, jumped the passage ahead, which was Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. Now we're going to jump back. You. I don't like... you don't think I'm on? All right, now there we go. Ooh, okay. (laughs) All right, here we go. Um, Matthew twenty verses twenty nine through thirty four. This is a passage that we skipped over during uh, not Passover during um, Palm Sunday, Uh, and we're jumping back into it today. So let's let's read this word, Word of God. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Thus ends our reading of God's authoritative word. May all who hear it receive the mercy of their compassionate king. I heard tell of this man who once placed an ad in his city's newspaper, which read as follows. Call me and I will listen to you talk for 30 minutes without comment for $15. Well, it wasn't long before this person began receiving between 20 and 30 calls every day. Now, why do you think that is? Who were the ones who were calling this man? Why do people pay top dollar to go see their therapists each and every week? Because there are numerous souls who are just lonely. Who are shy. Who are mistreated. Who are outcasts. There there are those who, who have no one who will listen to them. It's as if they don't have a voice of their own. Perhaps these two men whom we read about in our passage for today would have been dialing that number had they been living during our times. Perhaps they too had voices that were, just went unheard. For some time now, we have been journeying through the Gospel of Matthew, which is an account of the life, death, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is a book that that focuses on the kingdom of heaven and Jesus as its reigning king. And if you recall we had reached a point where where Jesus and his disciples had left the region of Galilee and were now in the region of Judea. Christ had set his face towards Jerusalem, the very city where he would be betrayed. To the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They in turn would, would would condemn him to death and then hand him over to the Gentiles in order to be mocked, flogged, and crucified. And what is amazing about all this is that Jesus knew that all this was gonna happen. For, for three times now, Jesus had told his disciples this message that this was his purpose in going to Jerusalem. And yet, Jesus did not turn aside from his fate. He did not change directions. For he knew that it was his Father's will that he should suffer and die at the hands of men. He knew that in order for salvation to be possible, that he must give his life as a ransom for many. And so this is what we see In the beginning of our text for today, Jesus once again taking that long road towards Jerusalem. He was leaving the town of Jericho and and going up to the place where he would suffer and die. Look look at those first two verses once again. Look at verses 29 and 30. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now Jericho is about a day's journey from Jerusalem, and that's where they were heading. But as you can see, they weren't alone. They had this throng of people following them as they went. And this was to be expected not only because of who Jesus was, for he had many people that were following him, but also because of the Passover festival that was about to take place. Now, Passover was probably the most important celebration for the Jewish people it drew crowds numbering in the hundreds of thousands to Jerusalem each and every year and so this is what we see in these verses this multitude that were following Jesus were were going to this festival they would have been comprised of men and women and children all of whom wanted to celebrate Passover so they would have been spending that whole day journeying with Jesus. Now you can imagine what a crowd like this might sound like. Hundreds of conversations going on all at the same time. Children laughing and playing with one another as they were leaving the city. Rickety wagons making their clanky noises as they were being pulled by braying pack animals. Needless to say, there would have been a lot of commotion and much excitement on this day. And yet, sitting by the side of the road were these two men, both of whom were blind. Now why would they be out there? What what were they doing sitting by the side of the road? They were out there because their lot in life had required them to be there. You see, the, the, the work of a blind man was to beg. They were part of the offs of society. Those who have no redeemable qualities. They could not work. They could not make a living for themselves. And so when the crowds were out, so were they. Looking to earn a living off of the mercy of their fellow Jews. Off of those who would take pity upon them. We see the same thing today, do we not? Those whom the, the world has rejected working the crowded streets, hoping that, that, that sympathy of strangers would put bread on their tables. You see them gathering in the, in the big cities, in the, in the packed area where there's a lot of foot traffic. They, too, are relying on the compassion of men. While word had gotten out to these two men that that Jesus was passing by. The very one that they heard, that they had heard so much about, the one that could make the lame walk, the one that, that, that could make the deaf hear. The one who could make the blind see. And so they cried out, Lord, Son of David have mercy on us. Now remember this this crowd was going somewhere. They were on a day's journey up to Jerusalem. Perhaps they had spent that previous day making preparations for their for their week-long trip. I, I'm sure that that they had left bright and early as to not waste any daylight. And so when these two men were calling out to Jesus, They would have been seen as a a distraction from all that was going on. And this may be part of the reason why we see what happened next. Look at, at verse 31. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet. How often do we let the needs of others go unmet or unheeded because we are too busy with our own worries? How often do we ignore those who need Christ because of our lack of compassion? Listen, there there are so many folks out there that are just like these two blind men who are crying out for mercy but being told to be quiet. Think about the people in your own life that don't have a voice. There's got to be some. Well, these two blind men did not lose heart. In fact, when, when the crowds told them to be quiet, they, they, they spoke up all the louder. Look at, look at the rest of verse 31. But they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. It is in this desperate, desperate cry of these two men that we understand what true faith really is. First, they call Jesus Lord. This is a term that demonstrates one's authority over another. Jesus was their master, the one who commands them, the one to whom they listen. These two blind men recognize the authority that Jesus had over them. But not only was he their Lord, but he was also the son of David. This is a messianic term that comes to us from the book of 2 Samuel. This is what we read about earlier, back in chapter 7, where we see David wanting to build that temple for God. He, he looked around his own palace at his own luxurious living and, and wondered why God should be living in a tent. Yet God told him that that it would not be him who would build his house. Rather, it would be his son. But God made David a promise as well. Look Look at 2 Samuel 7, verses 12 through 16. When your days are over and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, who will come from your own body, and I will establish his kingdom he is the one who will build a house for my name and i will establish the throne of his kingdom forever i will be his father and he will be my son when he does wrong i will punish him with the rod of men with floggings inflicted by men but my love will never be taken away from him as i took it away from saul when i removed whom i removed from before you your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. Now in one sense, this passage is talking about Solomon, David's immediate descendant. For he would be the one who would build the temple of God. But what does that last verse say? Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. This is a promise of Christ. It is a reference to that messianic figure, a descendant of David who would bring about an eternal kingdom. So when these two blind men were using the title son of David, they were speaking in messianic terms. They were uttering the promise of God. And they were pointing out the fact that not only was Jesus the offspring of David, not only was he the rightful king of Israel, but he would be the very one who would establish this kingdom of heaven, a kingdom that never ends. In other words, though these men were blind, they could see exactly who Jesus was, that he was their Messiah, the one who would bring salvation to God's people How about you Do you see who Jesus is Do you understand what he has done that he is your Lord that he is your king and that and that he rules over a kingdom that cannot be shaken Do you believe this Or are you blind to the truth? There are many people out there today who make a claim upon Jesus. And they do so without really understanding who he truly is. They may call themselves Christians without knowing what it means to have Christ as their king. For to claim Jesus as your own is to know him as Lord and Master. It is to put yourself low and to lift him high. It is to place yourself under his authority and to say, not my will, but yours. But it is also to know Jesus as Savior, to recognize him as the only one who can rescue you. That he is this warrior king with the ability to defeat all of your enemies. These blind men understood this. They knew that that they were just subjects and that Jesus was king. And they also knew that he, he had the ability to rescue them from all of their troubles. For look at the third thing that these two men cried out. What was it that they asked for? What were they seeking? They were looking for mercy. You see, faith is just, it's not just understanding who Jesus is and what he has the ability to do, but it is also the belief that he has compassion upon you, that he looks upon you with his favor. These two blind men believe that Jesus would show them Mercy. Now you have to remember, for these men, their life was a life of a beggar. And so they were constantly needing to rely upon the mercy of others. They knew what it was like to beg. But now there was one who was passing by, who was more merciful, who showed more kindness than any who had passed before And so they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. They cried out to Jesus because they knew he would be kind to them. Look at verses 32 and 33. Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. Lord, they answered, We want our sight. The busyness of these masses who were traveling to Jerusalem may have overwhelmed the ears of most, but not the ears of Jesus. Out of this crowd, he heard two distinct voices. Voices that stood out above the rest. And the reason they stood out was not because of their loud cries, though I'm sure that helped but but because of what these voices were proclaiming. Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Dear friends, I, I hope you understand that Christ is straining his ears to hear cries such as this. Cries of humility. Cries of trust. Cries of those who are looking for salvation. I hope you realize that that Jesus doesn't ignore those who are in need. No. Rather, he draws near to those who are seeking his mercy. And this is exactly what he did for these two blind men. He asks them, What do you want me to do for you? And what did they want? They wanted their sight, they wanted to see. They wanted the one thing that they could not obtain in their own strength. For there was no good deed that they could do that would restore their vision. There was no medicine that they could take that would help them to see. There was no doctor that they could go to who could heal their affliction. They were blind men who were stuck. And without the mercy of God, they would remain that way. But Jesus, Jesus was no ordinary man. He is the God-man. He is the one who can walk on water. He he is the one who can cast out demons. He is the one who with a single word can command the sea to be still. He, He is the most powerful being that there is. And yet he does not ignore those who humbly cry out to him, those who seek his mercy. Look at what he does for these two blind men. Look at at verse 34. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. For a blind person, the sense of touch is of particular importance. It is how they relate to their loved ones. It's how how they can see a person without seeing. Jesus touched their eyes. This was a move of compassion on the part of Christ. He healed these men in a way that would be comforting to them. He touched them. And what was the effect of this touch? It says, immediately, immediately, they received their sight. Can you imagine what it would have been like for those two men? The the, the whole world had, had suddenly been opened up to them, they could now see figures and shapes. They could distinguish colors and and patterns. They saw the crowds, those who were swarming around them, faces they had not known. And they saw one face who was smiling upon them, Jesus, this one whom they called Lord, this one whom they called the Son of David, You see, Jesus gave them more than just their sight. For he had given them their dignity as well. No longer would they be beggars sitting on the side of the road. No longer would they have to rely on the kindness of their neighbors. For they had found a greater kindness in this son of David. In their Lord Jesus Christ. And how did they respond to such kindness? They followed him. This is what true gratitude does, is it not? It it, it binds that person to the one from whom they have received mercy. You see, receiving one's sight is a great, great gift. But greater than that is finding a man who has true compassion and pity towards you. Greater is finding one who is a true friend. Greater is having having your eyes opened and seeing this king of glory smiling upon you. Only in Jesus can these things be found. And when you find him, you will be inescapably drawn to him. You will have no choice but to follow. And this is exactly what these two formerly blind men now did. They followed Jesus. Dear friends, it's not just the inability to see that can make a man blind. For for when a person's eyes of faith are shut, that is when the king of glory remains hidden. But just as Christ was able to open up the eyes of these men, so too he is able to open up the eyes of a man's heart. And he does so by allowing him to see his great need. That he is a sinner desperate for mercy. That he is unable to heal himself. That he is in need of the the great physician to work within him. For, For Jesus is the only one who can turn that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Listen, we are all blind men. We are beggars sitting on the side of the road, lacking dignity because of our fallen condition. And yet Jesus is passing by. He is walking right in front of you. And though the crowds around you may be loud, and though they may want you to just shut up, that is when you need to cry out all the louder. That is when you need to raise your voice and call out, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. You see, the world the world wants to silence you. They don't want you to cry out to Jesus. For to do so goes against everything that they deem to be true. They don't want you to use the the, the titles of Lord or Son of David. For they think that you should be your own king. Your own God. And they don't want you to seek his mercy. For they think that we as as mankind can solve our own problems. That we don't need a savior. But, like these two blind men, you must not let the world silence you. You must shout all the louder. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. For when you do so, Christ will come to you. He will be there right by your side. For he is the only one who can truly listen to your unheard voice. And when he comes to you, for he will, he will then grant you his mercy as he opens, opens up the eyes of your heart. Trust in him. Put your faith in him. For when you do, you will receive a compassion like none other. You will receive the compassion of our Lord. Let us pray. Father, we come to you now just like those two blind men, beggars, sitting on the side of the road, helpless in our own strength. And this is why we cry out to you, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Only through Jesus can we develop eyes of true faith. We ask now that you would both fill us and guide us with your Holy Spirit, that we might see the truth of our own need and the truth of your great compassion, of your great mercy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.